Today's podcast is brought to you by Something Blue by Anita Kay, specializing in wedding and event photography. Visit her page on Facebook. For those in love, capture those memories with Something Blue by Anita Kay. This is Unbridled Enthusiasm Podcast with Mark Poulos. Fuck you and fuck your baby and fuck your wife. And, Why and, fuck them all? See, have headphones. Understand. We're recording at a barbecue gas station. We're not pausing this to put a baby in there. So, uh, so you can just stop it, right? You're half drunk and high oh, trying to read a map. We're, right, we We're literally... We are on <laughs> We're on the edge of the Grand Canyon. That's my whole job when I'm on the road is protecting my butt. Stoner! And the fat man. He says, man... You really need to turn your life around. Fuck you, Mark. Mark, pull up! <laughs> Welcome back to the Unbridled Enthusiasm Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Pulos, as always. And this is The Ride Home. <clears throat> Today I am uh, driving home from Lake Forest, Illinois. I had a uh, college show last night that uh, I picked up doing uh, an APCA conference in Chicago last fall. Basically, there's two types of college stuff. There's NACA and there's APCA. And they're basically like the Coke and Pepsi of college. And, uh, you know, this college racket is pretty interesting because the only way that you can get these college gigs is you have to go to one of these conferences... Um, you have to put up a lot of your own money just to get seen by these colleges. And if they like you, then they book you and they bring you in. And every year you have to go back and do them again to get people excited about booking you again. And, uh, you know, if you're not getting the bookings, it starts to get expensive. Um... So I had tried for years to get into these college gigs. I really felt like that's where I belonged. Like, my writing style skewed younger, and, you know, I figured they would actually really enjoy what I was doing. So I tried my darndest to get into uh, these college gigs, but I would never get accepted. So um, last spring when I got signed by a manager... Um, I got accepted to my first APCA, which I was really excited about. Went down there, killed it. A lot of excitement from these colleges. They were all jazzed up and uh, only ended up booking a couple colleges out of it, but uh, it was well worth my time. So last night was the first gig, uh, that first college gig that I got to do through APCA. And uh, I don't know why... I've done a ton of college gigs before, and, uh, you know, they were for a lot less money, and I don't know why I felt like because this was an APCA gig, that somehow things were going to be different, and sadly enough, they were worse. (laughs) So most of these college gigs, you assume when somebody says you're going to be doing a college gig, or if you hear somebody talking about going and doing a college gig, you think like you know, Jim Gaffigan or, or TJ Miller, where they're doing the, uh, the auditorium and like 500 students are coming to see them. Well, when you're somebody that's not as famous as I am and you go and do a college gig, your gig takes place in the student center 
at 10 o'clock at night. And uh, it's the big crescendo to their, uh, their winter fest week. And uh, they're all drunk and weird. It's like, I can handle a lot of things when I'm doing stand-up. I can handle a lot of things. I've been doing this for almost 15 years. I've done shows in people's living rooms. That was actually a funny story. I was working for the shitty company, and uh, they were sending to, sending me to all these ridiculous gigs for horrible money. It would be like $160, no hotel, and you're supposed to go and do these gigs. Well, one, they were like, it's a corporate gig, and I was like, oh my God, I get to do a corporate And I showed up to the gig, and it was literally this family having a tea party in their dining room, and they wanted a stand-up comic. It was could possibly have been the most awkward show I've ever done in my career. There's no sound system. I'm literally standing at the end of the dining room table, performing all my material, just watching these people eating their dinner. It it felt like. Uh, the Hunger Games like that first like the uh, District 1 where they just have stuff happen because they're amused and they have the money to do it but so I would go off and I would do these gigs for really low money and uh, and they were just brutal like one time I got booked for a corporate through them and I showed up to the gig and I had like no information at all. And uh, it ended up being a gig for a church group or something. And in the front row, there were like two priests and a nun. And this guy said, we need you to do an hour. I was like, and I, and I had been doing comedy for like four years at this point, and I was like, you need me to do an hour in front of two priests and a nun? I was like, are you out of your mind? And the best part of the whole night was like, everything was going really good. Like, I was chatting with them and making jokes about them being at a comedy show, and people were giggling, and, and I, I kept making comments about, I really hope I don't tell a joke that puts me on the naughty list and all this kind of stuff and uh, everything was going great and I don't know what it was but at some point I got rattled and I started into a joke about how I was drinking at a bar and the bathroom was full of people so I had to go to the bathroom outside and you know up until this point like it's not that graphic it's it's bathroom humor you know it might not be everybody's cup of tea but it's not disgusting at this point so I'm like the bathroom's full I gotta go outside and use the bathroom which nobody ever likes and then um, I talk about peeing or uh, I just said I had to go to the bathroom behind a dumpster and then the police caught me you know and then they hit me with a spotlight and I was like what is this the late show and all of it's good until I got to the tag and I think I was just feeling so comfortable that uh, I just slid into the end, which the end of the joke is the cop said, uh, what are you doing back there? And I said, I'm throwing up. And 
it probably would have been funny if I just ended it there, it being a corporate show in front of some nuns and priests, but for some reason, I decided to do the ending, which is, why are you throwing up with your dick out? And I said, dick out in front of a priest and a nun, and I was just like, oh boy, <laughs> something tells me my check is not going to clear tomorrow, and... uh I got the company called me the next day and chewed me out for saying dick in front of these people and they wanted a $50 discount. I was only getting paid $200 to do 60 minutes in front of a church group which in any other scenario would be at least $1000. And I'm guessing that most of the other money went to this booker cuz he wasn't all that angry about having to send them $50, so I'm assuming that in the end, he probably got paid like 800 when I got paid 200 which is a complete dick move in the comedy business, you know. Because that's a lot of comics that get angry at bookers, certain ones that aren't as uh, trustworthy as others. Because what they'll do is they'll sell a comedy show to a venue for like, you know, whatever, $600. And then they'll pay the comedian two, and they'll take four. And it's like... I understand that they're doing a lot of work trying to find these gigs and booking them and, and promoting them and getting the people there and stuff, but when the money is skewed like 80-20 to the uh, performer, that's kind of a dick move. But anyways, getting back to the college gigs, um, so I'd done a bunch of college gigs for this crappy company and a bunch of other companies, and, uh, you know, they were all kind of the same thing. You would... You would show up and the show would either be in a student center or like a little theater off of the student center and and they were always usually pleasant. Sometimes they were tough. Like I did a, I did a college show in Grand Rapids, Michigan, where the show took place at noon in the lunchroom, and the guy said, uh, he goes, We want you to do an hour, but we want you to do twenty minutes and then take like a ten minute break. And then do 20 minutes and take a 10-minute break. And then do 20 minutes and take a 10-minute break. Because we get a bunch of turnover in the lunchroom every 20 minutes because of the class schedule. So I was like, all right, whatever. So I did my first 20 and then I was taking my 10-minute break. And, like, no one moved. So at the end of the 10-minute break, I got back up there. And I'm doing the exact same... I'm doing comedy for the exact same people. But I was like, oh, whatever. So I started doing... Uh, different material and uh they were having a good time but it's like with these college gigs you can't ever count on exactly what what's going to happen you know you got to take it as it comes and there's a lot of things that I can put up with but last night it was just so ridiculous I got maybe about six or seven minutes into my show and this college girl came to the side of the stage and she was like do you mind if I speak into that microphone? And I was like, oh, is there like an emergency or something? And and she was like, yes, there's an emergency. And I was like, oh, all right. So I handed her the microphone and she took it and she was like, I've always wanted to be a stand-up comedian. Here's some jokes that I've written. Cats have weird heads. And I was like, oh no, this shit isn't happening. <laughs> I was like, I go, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm like, I'm sure there's an open mic somewhere on campus that you can start doing your stuff not tonight 
tonight is Big Daddy's show. So I took the mic back and I started trying to muddle my way through and it was just like, you know, so loud in the room. It felt like I was trying to do comedy in the middle of Walmart. And, uh, and even all of that, like I can take all of that. I could care less. But it was when I was about 15 minutes in, a bunch of drunk guys came in the back of the room and they were sitting back there just making a ruckus and being douchebags. And they just start heckling me. But not any heckles that, you know, would give me an opportunity to respond because a college show, too, is a lot different than a club show where if you start getting heckled by the students, you can't immediately start going, why don't you go fuck yourself, you know? Why don't you tell your mom that I'm going to go fuck her up the ass? Like, you can't do any of that stuff in a college show because you can't offend anybody. So it's a little hard to slam a heckler without being able to swear and say graphic sexual stuff. So I just made the determination to ignore them, and they they really started rattling me because they just kept yelling... Oh, you suck. You're a comedian. You're the worst comedian ever. Like, why are you doing comedy? Quit. Get a real job. Stop talking. And they just, like, it was merciless. And I was just like, I kept looking at the guy in charge, the guy who hired me, and he just kept shrugging. And I'm like, this is just ridiculous. Like, is anybody going to do anything about this? Apparently not. So I just muddled my way through and, and got finished. But it just drives me, it drives me insane with the non-policing of the hecklers. Like, there's two other stories I'll tell you about that come to mind because of of last night. Was there was, um, I was doing Maryville, Indiana. It's a place called Wisecrackers, and it's in the Radisson Hotel. And it's kind of a strange show because they convert the breakfast area into the comedy show on Friday nights and Saturday nights. So they basically take uh, this area where people eat breakfast and they set it up for a comedy show. Whatever, you know. So the first night that I got there, the first time I ever did it, the guy said, uh, he goes, you know, we take uh, policing the room really uh, seriously. So he goes, if you have any problems with anybody, um, he goes, you don't need to to get crazy or anything, you know, just kind of, kind of point towards them, you know, and if we don't see it, just kind of keep pointing at them, you know, letting us know that you're having a problem with these people and you'd like them taken out. So I was like, oh, well, that's pretty cool. So I was like, all right, I'll do that. So I'm up there and I'm waiting for the feature act to get done. And there's a group of people off to the right that are really heckling them bad, but they're not like, it's not horrible heckles at this point. They're just kind of trying to be involved with his show. And he's kind of playing back and forth with them, and, and he's kind of trying to keep them quiet and whatever. So he gets finished, and I go up there, and they start heckling me. And I'm not really giving them much back, so they keep heckling me worse and worse. And I'm pointing at them every, like, three minutes, like, these people, these people, these people. Like, at, at some point, it started getting ridiculous because I just kept like over exaggerating the point towards them and nobody was doing anything so I was like this is a bunch of shit so I finally snapped and I was like you know you guys need to shut the fuck up and the whole place like exploded because they were waiting for me to slam them but I didn't want to deal with it because this guy said you know there's security to take care of that 
So I, when I said shut the fuck up and the whole crowd cheered, the guy behind the table that was heckling me, he goes, did you hear what, did you hear what he said? He said, shut the fuck up. And then they started fighting. So they're rolling around on the table, glasses shattering everywhere. The waitresses and, and the waiters had to get involved to break these people up. They all got thrown out. Um, it was just ridiculous. So I get finished with the show and this guy that told me that security is 100% on top of it. All you got to do is point and we'll be there. He comes in a little after the show is over and he was like, hey, how's it going? I heard the show was really good. And I just started laughing and he goes, what? And I go, are you joking with me? And he's like, no, what's going on? And I go, you have no idea what happened tonight. And he goes, no, I don't. What happened tonight? And I go, dude, these people were mercifully heckling me and I kept pointing at them and nobody was doing anything. So I finally told him to shut the fuck up. And then two tables, <clears throat> they started fighting each other. Glass was broken. They're rolling over tables and the waitress is like, yeah, he's telling the truth. We've been trying to call you for like an hour. What the hell? And he's like, oh, I got wrapped up in this, this wedding across the way and it got out of hand and whatever. And I was like, and like in front of his staff, I was like, listen, if you're going to say something, about something, you know, follow through on it. Don't be a dick, okay? And I think he got really upset with me because the rest of the weekend, he just kept saying stuff to the staff, like, while I was around, like, ah, you know, not all the comedians can be amazing, you know? Some of them are kind of duds, and then he would kind of look at me, and I'm like, what the fuck is this guy's problem? <clears throat> but the, uh, the other funny story was a couple weeks ago, I was in uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana, and I was doing a show, and I, uh, truthfully, I can't remember if I told this story or not on the last ride home. I feel like I might have, but, uh, eh, whatever. It's a good story if you missed last ride home podcast. I was, uh, I was working in Fort Wayne at this club called Snickers, <clears throat> and it's a really weird club. The guy who owns the place, he, uh, for years, he's done a late night talk show on public access in Fort Wayne called Night Shift. And uh, it's a complete ripoff of David, David Letterman. You know, he comes out and does a monologue and then he interviews the comedians and then they have like a small comedy set that they show on TV. And, and, uh, so he's kind of a weird guy. So there was a... And what was funny was I knew that that Night Shift was like a huge deal to him, obviously. So one of the nights, a blizzard was supposed to be moving in. And he said, uh, he's like, man, this blizzard's really hurt our numbers because we have a lot of people that drive in from the surrounding states because of uh, the popularity of Night Shift. And I was like, uh, oh, what's Night Shift? And he like flipped out. He was like... Night Shift, my late night talk show that I do, it's got a huge following in the five state area, and I was like, oh, okay, I gotcha, you know, just kind of pushing his buttons and twisting the knife a little bit, um, but they had another thing like that where they said, uh, if there's hecklers and you're having a problem, um, and you're done chatting with them and you want them ejected, all you have to do is just say the phrase you must be friends with the owner. And they're like, we'll step in and we'll take care of it. And he goes, I think it's a nice clean thing. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I really appreciate that. So I didn't have many problems until the late show Saturday. And this guy was, uh, 
this guy was heckling me and then he was on his phone in the front row like taking phone calls and I was like what the fuck is this so I started slamming him and you know talking shit to him and he was really drunk and he wasn't paying any attention he was just kept taking phone calls so I'm finally like what the hell are you the are you friends with the owner like assuming that once I dropped that line like 10 security guards would swarm out of nowhere and just like drag this guy out of the comedy club and of course nothing happened I said you must be friends with the owner nothing happened so finally I'm just like trying to rationalize with him I'm like if you're going to take phone calls can you take them outside and he's like "Um, I'm almost done so I started you know doing the old hack bit where I start yelling through the microphone that he's at a gay club and there's big dicks in his face and all this kind of stuff and just like making like siren noises through the microphone so it makes it impossible to talk on the phone so he finally shuts the phone and he's like all right all right all right I'm off the phone and I was like good and then he just sat there the rest of the show just like making faces and like saying comments like uh you know, oh, that was funny, (laughs) oh, and then he would, like, turn around to the people behind him, and he'd be like, this guy's amazing, isn't he, and I was like, oh, my God, and I said it, like, four times, I was like, I was like, what gives you the right to act this way, are you friends with the owner, are you friends with the owner, and, like, nothing's happening, and I was like, for a small time there, I thought I was being punked, I was like, is this a joke, like, you know, no, you say it, nothing happens. So I got done with the show and I was upstairs getting paid out. And the guy was like, you know, we really liked your show. We hope you come back and do the comedy show again. And I said, uh, I said, man, you guys got some rough crowds here. And he was like, yeah, that crowd was really drunk. And I said, uh, I said, I wish somebody had done something about that guy talking on his phone in the front row. And he was like, there was a guy talking on his phone in the front row. I said, yeah. I said, are you friends with the owner like nine times and nobody did anything? And he's like, oh, I thought you were saying that to the guy in the red shirt in the back of the room. And I was like, what? What the fuck are you talking about? What guy in the red shirt in the back of the room? And he was like, oh, well, I guess I I guess I went to the wrong guy then. And I was like, yeah, you did. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Um so I was just like I don't know man you know comedy sometimes sometimes it's like the most amazing thing that you can ever do and then other times um you get college gigs like that or you get hecklers I just I wish people would just follow through with what they said they were gonna do you know if you have a line that you say to get security involved like stick to it don't say it and then not follow through because now when I go back to Fort Wayne like I'm gonna be completely on guard because I know that that line is gonna do nothing so I get you know anxiety about it but uh so hopefully I'll be able to do more college gigs um I'm sure last night was an anomaly but it was uh it was pretty brutal um but uh yeah I appreciate you guys tuning into this podcast Uh, Check it out on uh, Podbean and iTunes, and uh, check out my live streaming radio. You can get it off of markpoulos.com and uh, largedrunkman.com for all the new uh, dates that are up there. So uh, I appreciate it, and tune in next time when we talk about who knows. Who knows?